2: It's a Big Show, live from Granite Credit Union, their Taylorsville location, grand opening, 3109 West, 4700 South. Come on by, grab some jazz gear, enter to win, sweet smoker, big whole barbecue set, actually, too. Nice cooler over there as well. Grab a cookie, find out what the good folks here at Granite Credit Union uh, can do for you. Big thanks to the title sponsor of the Big Show, that is Big O Tires. Right now, through September 6th, save up to $150 on Big O Brand Tires. During the Big O Tires anniversary sale, Big O Tires, the team you trust. We're going to c- talk to our guy, Christian Cox, uh, coming up here momentarily. Of course, uh, former Ute. Always a pleasure. It is always a pleasure to talk yeah. to, to Christian, isn't it? Uh, Christian also very close with uh, Coach John Peace. So we're going to get, uh, get his thoughts on, on the passing of uh, Coach Peace, which has been on everybody's mind uh, this week. No doubt. And then we'll get Christian's thoughts on uh, what to expect from the Utes.
0: You know, the whole influence of John Peace, I mean, he really changed a lot that happened at the University of Utah. Uh, I mean, Vicki McBride told me that Ron never would have coached at Utah had it not been for John Peace. Wow. You know, that's pretty cool. And It almost freaks you out a little bit, doesn't it? If things had been just a little different, how would it have turned out? So anyway, yeah, rest in peace, John. Certainly uh, a guy left an impression on a lot of folks. Yeah. I've heard from a lot of people who, had, who he influenced. So good for him. I, he was one of those guys that I had a chance to sit down and talk to him over an extended period, and he told me a bit about his life and whatnot. And I, I walked away impressed, and I don't know very many people who could spend time with him and walk away unimpressed.
2: Let's get out of the Smart Rain special guest line. It's no mystery. Utah is in an extreme drought. That is why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at smartrain.net. Of course, he's a former Ute, a former patriot, a fine clarinetist. He is Christian Cox with us here on 97.5. The Lady of the Zone. Well, yeah,
1: fine, former radio host. Yeah. No big deal. What's up, Christian? <laughs> hey, Jake. Hey, Gordon. It's good to hear you guys' voice. Is clarinetist a word? Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure.
0: And I, I know I flautist is a six thing. Six months.
1: Yeah, <laughs> six months and then quit. That was my short stint with the clarinet. So. Well, did it get wonderful. too hard
0: for you or what? What happened?
1: No, I. you know, my parents made me play instruments to play sports as a child. I'm not saying that's good or bad. My mother sang in the Mormon Tabernacle Choir for 20 years. My grandfather sang it. My grandfather was a World War II vet. And somehow this clarinet got passed down in the family. And I was like, I can't play the piano. Uh, why not try the clarinet so I could play football? And
0: uh, I did six months hard time.
1: And I could play, play okay. <laughs>
0: hey, if, your, if your mom was a gifted singer, are you, are you a good singer?
1: Uh, I, well, no, but I, I did. Gordon, you'd be proud of this. This is actually how I met my wife. I actually, when I was in ninth grade, I chose to not play comp baseball and I tried out for a play in my junior high. <laughs> and I was Pharaoh and Joseph and Amazing Tech Color Dreamcoat. Wow. That's a really? and, my, and no joke, my brother in law, who's my current brother in law, he was Joseph in that play. He was in Broadway and he's done films and movies. And, but I met my, I didn't know this at the time, I threw a scarf to my wife who was 13 or 12 at the time. And my wife is very pretty, and um, so she remembered me, I guess. And then I got back from my mission and went up to the U, and then we ended up started dating when I was at the U. That was the, that's the Elvis part, right, Farrell? Yeah, 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 yep. Mm-hmm. I had to do Elvis, and I, you don't ask me to do it now. I, I don't even remember the words. Uh, <laughs> but my kids, what's funny is my kids were watching the Donny Osmond version. I don't know how, but I... They are like, can you sing with them? I was like, I'll try. So I goofed around with them. And, but it was just That's one of those you. weird stories. I'm like, I don't even
0: believe it. I was in a play. So, <laughs> What was it about you that uh, your beautiful wife found so attractive? I, maybe I was a good singer then, Gordon. I don't know. I just was belting out tunes and
1: <laughs> was owning the space as a 15-year-old strapping young man, I guess. Now I'm 35 with four
0: kids and I guess a good head of hair. How many, uh, how many years of marriage now? Uh we're at eight eight yeah, and uh is yeah, she is she is she is she still happy with you uh, it depends on the day court, I got
1: four <laughs> children i I got four children are at the age of seven, uh and I have amazing beautiful kids, and then we have a fifth that's due in October, so oh congratulations uh, uh awesome. so it's it's a girl, but yeah, my you know if I'm doing the right things, my wife is definitely happy with me she's one of the toughest, most beautiful people. She launched a business single with her mother, uh, while having four kids. Built a website, built a product. So it's wow. That's I I look up to my wife. She's a, she's beautiful and very strong. So good for you. I can see why. Yeah,
2: no doubt. Um, all right uh christian you know it's uh, it's always kind of hard to, to talk about these things i know but i know you were close with with coach peace and we lost him this week and um i guess i'll just leave it open-ended to you to to share your thoughts uh with our listeners about uh, a guy that made an impact on a lot of lives yeah i uh
1: man like i i knew we were going to talk a little bit about this but um It was interesting to find out the way you know most people did. Uh, John Pease is not a person who's you know flashy. Uh, He didn't want an obituary. He didn't want a funeral. Just kind of you know like he he just that's who he was. And again, I I know you guys have have had the privilege of dealing with him over the last decade. But John Pease and I, I was going back and forth with some of my former coaches and teammates about his about losing him and it just kind of it just wrecked me honestly i personally it just i said this to kyle in a text and we went back and forth i just said you know he changed my life single-handedly um for anyone who knew john pease uh he came right after gary anderson left to wisconsin so this was uh right before right after we'd won the sugar bowl uh he was a consultant that year at the sugar bowl he knew kyle well and His energy, I was like, who's this weird guy on the sideline? Like, just hit our practices. And then uh, when we went to play Alabama, legitimately, he's on the sidelines pumping up the band to start playing our music to get it loud in the sugar dome, in in the Mercedes, whatever dome it was. And that's just who he was. He was so infectious and alive. And I remember to this day, our first spring practice that I found out that Gary had left and that uh, we're getting a new coach. And at that point in my career, I was two years in. I'd played multiple positions. I was, you know, I'd played linebacker, tight end for Jay Hill, and played for Kalani at D-tackle and moved to D-end. And I got a new coach and was wondering, if was I in the right place? Was I in the right program? And I get this old guy, and you think, you know what? What does he know about football, right? What, what does he have to offer to me? This this older gentleman. And uh, instead of having that type of attitude, I just shut my mouth and went to work and realized there was so much depth behind the person uh, for all of his wisdom and what he accomplished, not only with the Jaguars, with the Saints and uh, just the impact he had on people. And uh, there was a guy named Tony Brackens who came to some of our games uh, when we were playing. He was one of the best and, and edge rushers for that expansion team with Tom Coughlin in, in Jacksonville, and he just he brought so much life. And for me, I think it's a testament of it doesn't matter your age, you can still be alive, right? We do we do we just walk around and, and in our life of just being null and, and void and, and boring. He was fun all the time, and he was just all about work. And it just, it was so infectious through our D-line. And, you know, across Starlow to the Lay, Silver Salinga, you know, Derek Shelby, myself, uh, the Kruger brothers, David and Joe. And for me, I guess I'm, I'm just indebted. There's people that come across in your career, and you guys probably know this, and maybe you guys are sitting across from each other that it, it is this. There are people that are that just change your life, that just change your career. And uh, I've had the privilege of playing for Kyle Whittingham, Larry Wall at Bountiful. Um, you know, Kalani is, you know, one of my dearest, you know, people I'm indebted to. Aaron Roderick offered me my first scholarship. Uh, Gary Anderson actually offered me my real first scholarship at Southern Utah. Um, and, you know, Morgan Scally was my first coach at Utah. And there's all of these great, amazing people that John is the reason I got to be a starter at Utah. John gave me the shot to, to become a starter, and, and I, I earned it through the spring and was led the team in sacks in 2009 and was scholarshiped in 2010 was voted team captain. And then because of John Pease, I, I got a shot to play in the NFL. And so for me, I, I think about the loss of John Pease, and I know it, it hurts Kyle, it hurts everybody. It's just what people remember most about John is it was just his infectious personality and love for life. And he taught me more, obviously the the X's and O's and, and, uh, you know, about how to be a great pass rusher and, and how to run schemes. And candidly, a lot of the schemes that, that Kalani deployed uh, and some of the things they do down at BYU and some of the schemes we run at Utah were, were from John Pease. And, uh, is you, you think about football, and I guess as I'm getting older, and uh, you realize the, the fun is winning, the game is about winning, but um, the people are what made that experience so amazing. at Utah, um, John Pease, if you ask any of the coaches, by far one of the most genuine, true, hardworking people you'll ever meet in your life. Like, this is an example of John Pease. He woke up every morning at 4:30 in the morning because his body hurt so bad. He had a cage in his back, and he'd go work out at that Steiner pool thing across the or whatever, and he'd go do a full workout to get his body warm so he could actually move. And then he'd come do film all morning, and then he'd go do a full practice and be sweaty. and And that was that was John Peace. And so for me, I'm I, again, it's soft spot for me personally. Again, uh, there's things that happen, like Gary had to go take a new gig. I had to get a new coach, and uh, that gave me a shot to, to progress in my career. And um, we're all indebted to him, and he's such an amazing person that we'll miss. And I guess as I'm getting older, you realize that you know, life is, is not as invincible, that there is a certain amount of time that you get. And uh, the people that you know do fall into your life – you know, for good and for bad are there for a reason. And, and you take what you learn and you try to apply that to your life going forward.
0: So there's that. Well, Christian, I don't think there's any better way to celebrate John's life than to hear you talk about him. Pretty cool stuff. So let me ask you about uh, this iteration of the Utes coming up, Christian. Because, And I'm not really asking you to analyze every position, but do you have a feeling do you have a sort of uh, an idea in your mind as to what to expect from this particular group?
1: Yeah, I, it's funny. Uh, you know, I, I still talk to, to some other coaches and it's funny. I, I, I mean, I'm on the road a lot, you know, uh, masked up trying to go to sites, And it's funny. I, I run into my former coaches and teammates in the airport and it's fun to sit down and talk to them. But I'm not going to reveal their names. I've talked to a bunch of them, but there's an excitement around this quarterback position that hasn't been there in a while, um, you know, with, with this quarterback battle. I think, obviously, this transfer in Brewer, he wouldn't transfer up if he didn't know he had a real opportunity to lead this team. And I think there's, there's some things that they can do in this offense they've not been able to do since the Brian Johnson era uh, and be able to kind of, you know, get the ball out on time to the right receivers and, um, and, you know, have run basically every play in the playbook. So that, that's encouraging, exciting. Last year, honestly, was one of my funnest, you know, watching uh, Utah. was My kids are younger, so they're cheering and excited, and it was like we had no expectations for them, and then they turned things around, and obviously the passing of Ty Jordan is, is horrific and sad, but I think this team has immense potential, and you don't know what they're going to be. Um, I think they could be spectacular. They could, they could, you know, possibly, you know, win the Pac-12 South and deliver on, you know, some of the, the bad, you know, sorry experiences we've experienced as fans. I think the D line is is great. The defense is great. I, we haven't had a linebacker as strong as Lloyd in a long time. I think the sky's the limit, and that's not being being just a fan. I think there's actual personnel that the coaches are very happy with the progression. Uh, can they stay healthy? Uh, they're pretty deep. Uh, but for me, tell me a time when Utah's really had a quarterback that's you know really delivered in a while. So that's what gets me excited.
2: What does having a linebacker uh, like Devin Lloyd do for that defense? I mean, I think, you know, when you have a a, a lockdown corner, we all kind of have an understanding what that does in a wit defense or a a great defensive tackle. What does having a linebacker with that kind of capability allow that defense to
1: do? Yeah, so if, if you look at the the way we run the the defense, right? It's it's a base four three, but it's really a four two five, right? So it's you you're in nickel a lot, so you only have two linebackers, so they got to cover a lot of ground. So not only can can Lloyd cover ground, but he can be a lockdown. He can he can do pass coverage. He can stay in lanes, but he is great in space to blitz. And I you know I see similarities to Stevenson Sylvester way back in the day, but. No offense if Sly's listening. This kid's way more athletic, way faster, uh, and and can make plays. And Sly made plays all the time. Uh, And, and again, this linebacking core we've had at Utah, we've had some really good players, right? Chase Hansen was a move down safety to linebacker, was athletic, but Devin's a true linebacker. Cody Barton flourished later, and that's why his draft stock went so high with Seattle and was a great player. I think the fact that Devin Lloyd's come back and so many other players have come back that have unfinished business like Brent Keithy. I I think that says one, the culture is awesome, but they, they feel like they have something to prove in terms of winning and winning a conference title. That means something to them. And they want to improve their draft stock. Like it's pretty, it's pretty clear. You come in and put together good seasons, your stock's going to go up and guys want to get to the league and, having a guy like Lloyd, that's kind of your standard, you know, captain of the, of the defense. You want it in the middle, the, the bridge between your safeties and, and D-line. Uh, it's going to be electric. And honestly, between Morgan scally and, and, and you know, Sioni Puja and Lewis uh, and Sharif, like, could you think of better coaches like do you want to play for? And this defense will always reload got athletes and uh I'm, I'm excited to see what they do but for me as a player and having played on this defense we've always had good defenses show me a time when you had a quarterback who can deal who can deal like really deal right you think back in time alex smith in the urban days alex could deal that's why he's a number one draft pick brian johnson in 08 yes while we didn't have the most explosive and amazing offenses when it was time to make a play and Brian's arm was really hurt. People don't know this. He didn't throw deep balls because he couldn't throw. But when, when the game was on the line, he could read defenses and get the ball to the right receivers at the right time. And that's why we're so good. And, and you need a quarterback like that. So I'm excited to see them in real, real-time real games. Not a spring ball, not in camp, but playing real defenses. And um, what I'm hearing is they're very high and very excited about the, the, the QB race here.
0: So let me ask you about that defense you were talking about for a second. As far as like the front, that defensive front, uh, you're very much a part of that, as you explained. But how did the Utes create this pipeline, this kind of, it, it, I mean, it's it's almost always great. How, how did that happen, Christian? Is it a matter of recruiting the right athletes or is it a matter of development once you're in?
1: I think it's it's it goes back to the 90s days actually it's it's the culture it's the method uh it's also just having good depth right uh it's a credit to to Kyle what he's what he's built from a defensive scheme it's a credit to what you know Morgan has instilled the same level of of tradition right like I can't say the names of these positions over the, on the phone, on the radio, but, like, there are specific names for these. Like, they're groups. It's cultured internally. And um, the people that are behind waiting for their shots, right? Like, think about it. Mika Tafua, multiple years ago, no one knew who he was, but he burst onto the scene because he got his shot, and he never let it go. Um, you know, the D-line goes back to the Luther Ellis days, And the way the scheme works, it it highlights that front seven really well. Uh, And the reason why they do extremely well with blitzes and holding gaps and they get picked up in the league, there's there's just great recruiting behind it. right? It's just a big mix of people, right, of not only people but ethnicities and locations, whether you're from Texas or California or Utah, can you do the job correctly? And with that front seven being so strong always since the 90s, right, you have this back, back end that even Sharif played in and Morgan Scally played in. You play the Utah way. And so that fabric or that culture has never been lost, ever. It, it just, when you're there, you are honored to play for Utah. You look at this, you walk into the, to the actual you know, uh, meeting rooms and you look and you see the lists of all the all-conference players. And as a player, you look at that list and you're like, you know, one day I want to be on that list. So when all the other guys come and see me years later, they know that I was first team all-conference. And it's just shifted from Mountain West to Pac-12. And I think that's – I don't think they're given enough credit for how amazing they've done in the transition. Right? Kyle and then, you know, those first years with Kalani, like there was some real dire straight situations. And now they're, they're one of the tops. And that culture has stayed strong. And then Sharif and Morgan from the back end, all of their guys go to the league, recruiting some of the fastest and best technicians. And they play the Utah way. And if you're able to adapt to the Utah style, if you're one of them, you will go to the NFL. And that's where... You adapt to the Utah culture, not the other way around. And, and that's just, it's the process. Uh, it's the way. And uh, you talk to, whether I go talk to a, a guy that's been out for two or three years or a guy who's been there, you know, was there 20 years ago in the MAC days, we all had very similar experiences. And you had to earn your time to the field. And I think ultimately, as I, you know, summarize that big, long-winded answer, the best players play. Those who make plays will play. Doesn't matter your star recruitment. If you earn the trust of the players, whether you're a walk-on or whether you're five-star, if you earn the trust of your coaches and the players, you will play. And uh, that meritocracy that Kyle's created, it, or keep that's why guys keep earning scholarships. They keep pushing the the, the guys at the top to perform. It's just it's just a perfect uh, perfect mix. And you put guys in the league. You're going to want more guys to come to your program, and um, it's just a solid program, and uh, it's been pretty amazing to watch the last decade of continued success as it's ne- it hasn't really dropped off.
2: Last thing before we let you go, Christian, is kind of a, a would-you-rather, as I like to do sometimes. Uh, real real quick, who was, who was the toughest player you ever had to tackle? Tackle? Yeah, yeah, Who was Who was kind of, del- you know, delivered the punishment?
1: Um... Uh... We played Dion Lewis a long time ago. You remember how little he was. He's was playing for uh-huh. the Patriots, and the Titans just retired. We actually bottled him up pretty well, but he was tough to tackle—really tough. If Harvey Young is hearing this, he wasn't that hard to tackle. <laughs> <Locky guy. laughs> all
2: right, all right. Uh, so Dion De- Lewis—that works. All right. Well, yeah. what, is, De- what is what De- is what is more difficult? Little. All right. What is more difficult? Tackling Dion Lewis or. Getting four kids under eight out the door to go to some sort of weekend activity like the zoo or something.
1: Oh, definitely the four kids. Yeah. It'll, be five, it'll be five kids under seven. So that'll, that'll, be, so that'll be it. That'll be, it'll be much harder. But, it's the, hey, it's a wolf pack. Mama knows best. She keeps them in line. So... It's what happens when Mama's people. not there?
2: How does How does Dad handle it? when, oh, when Mom's uh, I, on guys
1: vacation would or something? You'd actually be proud of me. You'd actually be proud of me, Jake. I think you'd all be very. I smart. bet. I bet. I I, believe you know, it. I I can I can do my daughter's hair. Uh, I'm not as good. <laughs> I'm not as my wife is so attention to detail. Uh, with that many kids, you gotta you gotta really pay attention, but. I can get him to places. I just, we're usually together. It's not
0: solo, I'll just say nice, that. Nice, nice. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Real quick before I let you go, Christian, you talked about the quarterback position. Is it going to be Charlie Brewer?
1: Uh, my gut would say, and I have no idea, I'll just say that, I have no clue. My gut would say, I would be very surprised if it wasn't Brewer, in my opinion. Okay. I would be shocked, but I could be completely wrong. Christian, thank you very much, buddy. We appreciate it,
2: and uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk to you soon. Okay, it's good to, good to talk to you guys. Have a good day. Always a pleasure, buddy. Our friend Christian Cox, former Ute, former Patriot, uh,
0: really really great stuff uh, from Christian. Today. I can relate to everything he was talking about about getting those kids ready and out the door. And uh, I mean, I five daughters. I I was a workhorse in that regard. I, I it was very rewarding. And uh, at times difficult, but uh, I poured my heart and soul into it. We're live here. We're at Granite Credit Union, their Taylorsville location.
2: Gordon, I'm sure, sure uh, that's all true.
0: Come on out and see us. What? Why do you have that smirk on your face? <laughs> because I. I, I I knew that you would struggle to. I didn't say anything. Absorb. I could see it all over your face. I didn't say anything, Megan. You could see it, right? I mean, here I'm out there being father of the year, <laughs> you know, doing all that stuff, and I knew Jake would. would- five diapers, five diapers in your. Parent. That's, that's just not you true. Changed five Lisa, Lisa was being funny. That was a joke. Well, it is funny. Five, five well, times five hundred. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Five. I mean, that was a joke. It was a joke. Five girls, five diapers. I'm going to have to tell her not to joke about that stuff be, and see if she'll listen to me. I don't know. No guarantee she would, but she's being funny. You know, it is funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: that's true. <laughs> It is funny. More next, 97.5 and 12.80 of the zone.